Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Today, my very special guest, Dwayne Chapman, Dog the Bounty Hunter. And I am so glad. Dog, welcome. God bless you, and welcome to this podcast. Thank you, sir, brother Roberts, and God bless you, and aloha. Aloha to you. <laughs> I've been waiting to get on here for a year. Oh, yeah, yet? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad that you're uh, on today. I got to tell everybody how we met, uh, Dwayne. Uh, we, okay. uh, we were in Hawaii, um, pastor, uh, preaching, I should say, for, for pastors Art and Kuna Sepulveda, whom I know you know there in Honolulu. My yes. wife and my children were there, and we've been watching you and Beth on television. And my kids said to me, we want to meet Dog the Bounty Hunter. So I made a call and we made arrangements to come over to DeKind Bail Bonds uh, office there. And we sat down with you and Beth. We must have talked for an hour and uh, had a wonderful, uh, wonderful time together. And that, I guess that must have been 10 years ago. And I've known you and loved you and prayed for you ever since. God bless you. And thank you so much for being on today. Well, thank you for having me. And I've loved you. Probably more. <laughs> and I do admit you pray more than I do, probably. So that's because you're three years old. You're older. So. Well, four, four years, four years. But remember, oh. remember, I'm getting younger every year, though. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm taking it in reverse. <laughs> well, I told you, we're not old, we're right. That's exactly right. And, you know, we're smarter than we used to be. You know, uh, knowledge and wisdom, the Bible says, <laughs> comes after 60. Yeah, comes comes with the gray hair that I, I've got. You know, yours hadn't turned gray yet, but mine has. Uh, anyway, yes. uh, tell me what's going on. What's going on in your life right now? I know uh, because because there's no way you can get from where you started to where you are today without having God's influence in your life. With all that you went through, tell me about what's going on in your life now. Well, right now, uh, you know, I have a new... Uh, sweetheart named Francie. Yes. And she uh, lost her husband six months before I lost my wife, Beth. So, yes. uh, you know, I got to the point where I pulled the car over and did a, did a Richard Roberts and I drew a circle around it and declared it holy ground. And I bombarded heaven with the prayer Yes, that, you know, Lord, I feel bad about saying this because I'm not sure you respect this, but I need a woman and I need a Christian woman. And as I was trying, as I was looking up what in the world Adam said to get Eve, I went, I ran by the scripture for God does not expect a man to be alone. Yes. And I didn't know, of course, it was ever there. That was ever there. And I said, whoa, this is the, oh, then I'm not doing wrong by praying this. No, not at all. And and I read about Adam, and I always thought that Adam was asleep, and God, and when he woke up, laying next to him was Eve. And I said, you know, you gave Adam a girl, or you, uh, you know, helped Adam find a woman, and you're not a respecter of persons, and I hate to go back this far, Lord, but I need a woman. And so I read about how, you know, God, how it happens in Genesis, and of course, I read that Adam went to sleep and got after naming animals all day, he was exhausted, <laughs> and, right? You know, and then God woke him up and he's like, can we just call them snakes? Do we have to name each one? And so God said, well, yeah, but listen, I got a surprise for you. And Adam's like, what? He said, come here, let me show you something. 
And there stood Eve. Uh, and I, I don't know why it said, and she was naked, but she was. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and so was he, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so was he. And he looked up and said, dear, oh, man, I'll call her woman. He said, hallelujah. He, hallelujah, I'll call her woman. And so I read that and I said, wait a minute here. I, I don't have to join Christian.com. And I don't have to look for a woman. I said, you brought Adam one. I need one, too. And I said, so when I go to sleep, I expect something. And that day, uh, I had no idea. All I knew was Francie was a Christian, and I had talked to her six months before. She, we talked about losing our spouses. <laughs> that day, I had a, an operation at the hospital, so I had bandages all over my face. And I called her and I said, this is not a date, Francie, but I couldn't think of her name, Francis. I could, so I used uh, recall. So I said, I'll call her Fancy Francie. <laughs> so I said, will you meet me? So we met for coffee. And uh, all she did is talk about the Lord, right? Yes. And so I tried to, but I looked at her and she's a, she's a rancher. Uh -huh. I'm five seven. She's five ten almost, and she's soaking wet, about 130 pounds. And I thought, well, this is not, you know, she's too tall, too skinny, and you know, I, I don't really. She didn't like turn me on, right? <laughs> so I went after a criminal that had carved my name on the on the brass of the bullet. Yes, in California. So the next day we took out after him. So I thought. Well, I need prayer, and who better to talk to than this new girl, this rancher, because she talks to Jesus all, all still today, all day long. So I didn't catch him that time. She kind of prophesied that, and I said, watch what you say, because I believe whatever you say, you know, the tongue is the most powerful thing in the body. And she said, oh, I know, but I'm just telling you right now, I doubt if you'll catch him now. So don't worry, you soon will. And later we did. Mm -hmm. So I came home and I, you know, I didn't want to, the, the girls that I knew, none were Christians. Let me just leave it like that. Sure, I that understand. I, I had a, maybe a black book and it wasn't, you know, no, there were no witches or none of that, but there were no Pentecostal Christians. Right. Yes. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lonesome and uh, you're like, you like want to go on some kind of date? And she's like, well, I don't know if we go on a date, but she goes, first thing you'd have to do is go to church. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, okay, I'll go to church with you. Uh, what kind of church do you have? What do you go to? And she said, well, it's real Pentecostal. And I said, like, Rattlesnake Pentecostal or straight up Pentecostal? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, brother. And so she goes, oh, no, there's no snakes. But it's straight up Pentecostal. So 9 o'clock in the morning, I meet her at the church. We walk in. There's people there, of course. And, you know, she had told people that I was coming. And whatever they did, don't make a big scene. <laughs> because I, I told her, uh, I don't like to take pictures in a church because I don't like, you know, Jesus went in the church. There was a garage sale. And he 
whooped everybody. <laughs> and I said, uh, in his father's house, he gets like, you know, upset about that. So I don't want to take any pictures. And she goes, fine. So that's why she told the congregation, don't even act like you know him. He's going to come. So I was standing up with her as during the praise, you know, the worship time. And I thought, uh, you know, I guess I'll try to grab her hand. Right. So I tried to grab her hand. She flicked my hand off. Right. And I thought, well, that didn't go good. And so praise service was right in the middle, you know, as the power falls during the service where you start praising. And there was the pastor was standing up there with his wife. And all of a sudden, the tongues, a tongue came out, you know, yes. and uh, they, the, Praying in the pastor prayer. spoke in tongues, right? The spirit fell heavy. And I heard like this word, Shomarekanasita. And I was like, oh, my God, that is my name in Jesus language, because my mama prayed every single day. Well, your, tongues, mother was right? an, your mother was an evangelist, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Assembly of God. So. And we'd say, my sisters would say, what are, you, who are you, what are you doing in there praying? She said, I'm praying for Dwayne Lee, for me. And it kind of made my sisters a little jealous. How come you don't pray for us? She said, you don't need it. But your brother does, right? <laughs> so when I heard that name in the heavenly language, I looked at Francie and I said, oh, no. What? I go, that's my name in Jesus talk. She goes, no, no, it's okay. So the, his wife, of course, was the interpreter. So just before she interpreted, he started walking up and down the platform mm -hmm. with his head looking around. And I like ducked behind people because I knew he was looking for me. And as he looked through the crowd, he said, dog, come up here. And I went, oh, no. And of course, Francie was like, oh, no, I told him no one would do this. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of, as you know, I'm a little John the Baptist, right? <laughs> so I walked up there and I said, uh, he started to come towards me with his hands. And I said, I'm going to tell you right now, preacher, you touch me in front of this crowd and I'm going to whoop your butt. <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, I don't have to touch you to slay you in the spirit. And I go, come on, man, don't do this. And so the wife's interpretation was, dog, you're entering a new life. Yes. Get ready. You are going to blast the heavens open. The prayers of your mother are going to be start to answer. And hold on to Jesus because you're going for a ride. Now, that's what you'd been praying and believing for anyway. Here with your, with your wife having gone on before you to be with the Lord. And you had all that period of loneliness. And then you meet Francie. And, and you knew something was about to change because you knew somehow you're going to have a relationship. So isn't that kind of what you were praying for in the first place? Oh, yeah. I said, uh, you know, I need a real stone cold Holy Ghost Christian. Right. And I'm not going to settle for nothing less. And that's what I need, because yep. this is the last quarter of my life. So I need one. I need a Christian like that. So they did the tugs interpretation. I went back to Francie, of course, and she was like embarrassed. She thought, you know, I was going to she didn't know me. She didn't know if I'd flip the guy, the bird and walk out or what. Right. <laughs> right. Well, she didn't know me. So she knew that I was heard about was dog the bounty hunter. And he says prayers with criminals in the back of his car. <laughs> so. uh 
I stood there and she raised both hands in the air and started the Holy Ghost spin just a little bit as she was crying and praying. And I couldn't hear her pray, but I heard that she was speaking also in tongues. And I thought, oh. So I looked towards heaven. I said, Mom, can you believe where I'm at right now? Look at this lady. She's taller than me. She's skinny. Oh, my God, Mom, she's a rancher. Oh, my. And I knew right then that, oh, dear Lord, this might be her. And I reached down to grab her hand again, and she held on to mine. And I leaned over in her ear and I said, gotcha. And of course, she kind of, you know, backed off a little bit. But and then the relationship started after that. And the rest is history. <laughs> and the rest is history. Dog, uh, tell me, how did you get started in the in bail bonding anyway? I, I know I know it happened at an early age. Was was uh, someone in your family involved in that? Is that how you got into it, or did you get into it on your own? Because people all across America, you know, would like to know. Well, how did dog how did dog get started? Because they all saw you on the Dog the Bounty Hunter show. People all across America and around the world have seen that. How did you get involved in that in the first place? Well, I uh, had to use a bail bondsman, of course, in a young age. Uh, until my, when I was like 23 or 24, you know, I was raised uh, as a Christian and, you know, completely backslid. I mean, I still had morality. I had so much morality when I joined an outlaw motorcycle club. <laughs> I, I still, I did. And I would say prayers for the lunch and I would say, you know, I'm not going to do that. God will strike me dead. So when I was 15 years old, the president, we had a guy named, uh, the Baptist. We had another guy or John the Baptist, we call him John the Baptist. He always drove his Harley in water. And then we had another guy named the preacher who was a pure nut. And so the president of the devil's disciples said, we're going to name you dog, which is God spelled backwards because you won't shut up about God. So, you know, I always had that, uh, not, I don't want to say lukewarm Christianity, but I had that morality knowing, you know, God is watching. Yeah. And then, of course, I went to prison in the 70s in Texas and it, it caught an inmate that jumped to run. They were going to kill him. And the lieutenant threw down the handcuffs in the dirt and said, hook him up, bounty hunter. And I went, oh, dear Lord, bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So when I went in, I was dog disciple, devil's disciples. When I came out, I was dog the bounty hunter. So in 1979, I went, the first thing I did is go to the post office and I got the top 10 most wanted. And a month later, I caught one and took him to the FBI's office. 10 grand, that's a lot of money, still is. And they said, who are you? I said, oh, I'm dog the bounty hunter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, they said, so. I made a career out of it. I realized that that every state allows bounty hunters under the citizen's right to arrest law. Yes. And uh, one of my favorite TV shows was The Lone Ranger, Wanted Dead or Alive with Steve McQueen. And they were all guys that had a bad past, but switched and had a great future. And they would save girls and save people. Who was that masked stranger? Oh, that's the Lone Ranger. And people used to say, who is that guy? And people would say, oh, don't you know they call him the dog? And so uh, that fit right into 
my imagination. And then I realized that these guys were so lost. They were so, you know, behind the eight ball and that they needed, uh, I went to prison and I asked the Lord, what am I doing in here? I'm not this kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I reached the Bible as you're not, you know, we're not supposed to open our Bible and point down to a scripture because we might hit Judith. Judas hung himself, do thyself likewise, right? But as we do, I did that. And as I pointed down, it said, lovest thou me, feed my sheep. Yeah. So while I was in prison, I, uh, was a, I, I wasn't a Christian, but they came to me for prayer, interpretation of the Bible. And, you know, when I got out, I started catching these guys and they would say to me, I remember the first guy and he said, my life is ruined. I'm being arrested for burglary. Uh, what's your name? I said, it's dog. He said, dog, I'm all done. I'm, this is it. I'm going to hang myself in jail. And I told him a story about this guy who was raised by a Christian mom. And the Bible says that if you raise them up in the way of the Lord, they will never depart. Right. And not that you may not, as Billy Graham's mom didn't even see him become Billy Graham. And, you know, he got saved on her deathbed. So I was telling the guy and this guy named this guy that I know went to prison. He, he, he's living for the Lord. And this guy's like a cop now. He's got a badge. You know, he's got a bunch of children. And when I put the guy in the cell, he looked out the cell and he goes, dog, is that guy you? I said, yes, brother, that guy's me. Well, as we, as we watched you, you know, as people all across the country watched you and we saw how you would, you would capture those uh, people who are running, running from the law and especially running from their, from the bail that they had had. Uh, when you got them in the back seat, you and Beth got them in the back seat, you, you, you stopped being rough. You, you became compassionate toward them. You prayed over them. You helped them. And I always thought that you, you felt like you were helping yourself you were the guy in that back seat, and you were treating them the way you wished the Lord had treated you. Now, am I wrong or am I right? Well, you're ran right away, right? There was a cop. I, while I was doing time, I was arrested in prison for shooting a police officer. Mm-hmm. And it was my, my brothers in the, in the bike club, but I wasn't at home. Yeah. I didn't go with them, right? So... This cop drove me from Huntsville to Pampa, Amarillo, uh, a whole day ride. And all the way there, he was a Christian cop. And that's, you, you didn't find any Christian cops in the 70s, especially in Texas. And he told me how the Lord could use me. And, you know, I needed to change my life. And he said, I feel something about you. There's some kind of way. Angels are all around you. You need to let him in, dog. you got to change your life. And he made a huge impression on me. So all of a sudden, I had this guy in the back seat, and I saw that cop. Yeah. yeah. So I said, Rod, you need to change your life. That's what, I, that's what I'm driving at, because I always felt that, the compassion of the Lord would come out of you. I, I've always told people, dog, that compassion is not what people think it is. Compassion is not sympathy. It's not empathy. Compassion is wanting to reach in and take hold of the problem and pull it out so a person can change their life. And I saw you doing that so many times, 
uh, to people from all different walks of life in the back seat of that suburban of yours with your wife Beth at that time. And I think that's I think that's what made me fall in love with you. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I thought that, you know, when we first did the first show, after we captured the guy, I told him cut the cameras off, and I didn't know they didn't. And uh we well, the first show we watched, half of it was me catching the guy. And the second half was me and, you know, trying to get his redemption. I, I remember watching and, that show. Yeah. And I said, all the Christian, my Christian friends and all my redneck friends are going to say, there he is throwing his pearls before the swine. Change that. Change that channel. And lo and behold, when they did a, a uh, test to ask people what part of the show they liked, I thought it was they liked me because I throw down. I'm a good fighter and took them out. They said, we love the backseat ride. I was totally stunned. Yeah. And still am. So, uh, you know, whether there was cameras or not, I always did that because the Lord told me I'm going to help you catch every one of them. But I expect you. They're the devil's herd. And I expect you to take control and testify to every single one. And there's only been a couple out of 8,000 that I arrested that said, I don't want to hear it. And I go, good. You'll hear it from somewhere else. I don't believe in hell. Well, you will after you're there five minutes, you know. <laughs> right. So every single one has, I've probably 45 to 50% of the guys call me and say, dog, you changed my life. Yeah. You know, those words that you told me that day were, and I, they always say, what is your favorite scripture? And I go, well, it's Jesus wept. Because that's why I wear shades. I cried right now. I cry all the time. So I'd cry with the men and women and we'd hold it. I'd say, Lord, you can't, you know, pump Jesus in them because they, they don't like that. So I just, you know, A&E was the only network that said, you may say in Jesus' name. The rest of them said, nah, let's just say amen. Mm-hmm. Because we have other religions that'll watch. But A&E said, listen, we don't care if you say in the name of Buddha. You can say anything you want. So, but they did make it where I can only do one in Jesus' name prayer per show. So we always prayed because that's me with my children. Prayed, God help me find them because I couldn't find them. And I always, you know, 99.9% of the people that ended up in that car. I said in Jesus name, you know, and I, I, everyone tells me, I don't like to brag about it, but yesterday I met with uh, Victor Marks and he said, listen, you're blessed with the, with the, the blessing of discernment and you, cause I can spot a demon a hundred yards away. Right. Yeah. And I'd be talking to these guys and I go, you know, your dad loves you, man. He just don't, how do you know? Yeah. Or I'd say, your grandma been praying all these years for you, homie. Yeah. Your grandma's, how do you know my grandma's a Christian? And I realized that I had that gift. Yeah, that's the operation of the gift of discernment. Yeah, and every time I'd pat myself on the back about it, <laughs> I'd go, I'd be wrong. You know, and I did a, I wrote a book and did book signings. And all of a sudden I was, I had rows and aisles of people. And as they come up, I'd say things to them and God would tell me and I'd go, you know, you need to stop hitting her now. 
Yeah. I told the girl, go, I told you he'd know. And he's like, dog, I just, I want to well, get over I, to the side of. Dog, I stood with you once at a book signing. You asked me to come to it and you asked me to pray over it. There were lines of people all the way out the, the bookstore to buy your new book. And I saw you do exactly what you say. You had me pray over all the people that were getting ready to buy your book. I saw you not only op- operate in the gift of discerning of spirits, but I also saw you operate in the gift of prophecy during those days. Oh, thank you. Is that what it's called, prophecy? Yeah, it was a combination. Combination. Sometimes there are two. Sometimes there are several gifts of the Holy Spirit that can operate in a person at the same time. And I saw the gift of discernment as well as the gift of prophecy operating you operating in you about telling them what had happened and also what was going to happen. Yes. And I love that. I really love that because I said to the Lord, then when I, if you're going to give me these people, cause you're going to bring them to me, you got to tell me what to say. Yeah. You, you got to tell me something that I can tell them to impress them. So they know, Whoa, he does know the Lord. Uh, I'm going to write that down right now. Prophecy and discernment go hand in hand. You and I have another conversation about that one of these days. Dog, what would you say to someone right now who's watching this podcast? Uh, they're they're down, they're low, they've gotten in trouble, they don't know how to get themselves out of it, they feel like they're being hunted down, that they're hated. What would you say to somebody right now watching you who's in that position? Well, that's a lot of different subjects, you know, hated, hunted down, and feel bad. Uh, there's all, number one, there's always someone else that's worse. Okay. There's always someone else that's in a worse shape than they are. So feeling sorry for themselves does not heal things. I challenge people when I say, listen, all you got to do is say, you know, pray to God. How do you pray? You pray like you talk to your grandpa. Yeah. Grandpa, help me out. I need a helping hand. And when you've end the prayer, say in Jesus name, amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just do that three days in a row. Say in your, and say it sincerely. Sincerely. And if it doesn't work, don't say it again. But if all of a sudden on the second or third day, you start feeling something weird and all of a sudden something goes right. There is not one person that hasn't ran their car almost on empty. And as they're heading to the gas station, said the prayer, God, please don't let me run out of gas. (laughs) Happened to all of us. (laughs) Oh, Christian or sinner. And lo and behold, 99% God gets you to the gas station. Yeah. So I tell people that's the same. That's how you pray. You know. It's not about gas. It's about maybe your wife or your finances or, and lo and behold, when you say that, just test it out because then you put it in God's hands and he's going to answer your prayer. Now, friends, you're getting, you're getting some sage advice here. You're getting some good advice. <laughs> right, right. And what, what I'm seeing now, and especially you and I with our parents being in heaven, I have never seen it like it is right now. I, the Bible says in the last days, I shall pour out my spirit all flesh on all flesh, not dribble, not drop, but pour. I have never in my life, Francie and I can go to the store and we'll meet five people 
that say, listen, I'm struggling with drugs or my mama's dying or my dog, Francie, would you please say a prayer? And let me tell you, that woman lets loose right there in King Supers. <laughs> <laughs> she don't care, boy. She, and she don't do no, you know, no five minute drawn out. Everybody listen, say big words, prayer. She lights up heaven. And she gets them. And I'll be walking in the store wherever. And they'll say, dog, thank God it's you. Would you please? And they whisper to me, say a prayer. And I'll go, Francie. And she knows my tone of voice. <laughs> and she'll come running and go, it's prayer time. Well, and I'm uh, so thrilled. I've met, it's every, you listen, I went to, the other day we went to the church, uh, the upper room mm-hmm. in Dallas. We yes. go Thursday, we're going. You know how many kids were there? The millenniums were every, you know, they take offering. Now they text it. <laughs> no, they text. It's text and offering. You just text it. Those kids were dancing, praising the Lord. And I'm like, listen, my mom had to threaten me so many ways to get me to even go to church. The spirit of the Lord is being poured out upon all flesh. I'm loving it. Hey. I'm loving it. And dog, you are, and I'm I'm giving you a word from the Lord right now that he just told me as you were talking. I hear, I hear the Lord saying this about you. I hear the Lord saying that you are a man for all seasons. You are a man for all seasons. That means that God can use you to reach people at every station of life. And God has a Thank great you. work for you. You're not even, you've not even begun to finish. You are still that work in progress that you have always been growing in the Lord. And I honor you today, and I honor Francie in Jesus' Thank name. You. What's next now for Dog the Bounty Hunter? What's coming up next? Well, we're working on a show called, believe it or not, Beware of the Dog. And we're going to, uh, well, here's, here's the deal. When I was on my way to prison. I rode a bus, a trailway bus, took three days to get there. And as I was riding, there was an old tent meeting like your dad used to have. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and the Lord said, someday, Uh this is it. He said, it's your last shot. Someday. Someday you're going to be having tent meetings across America. We're going to our first, we're doing June 4th, our first, I call it a Holy Ghost hoedown. <laughs> we're, oh man, we're doing our first tent meeting here in Colorado. We rented, Francie rented this big park and we got Victor Marks, Robbie Dawkins, me. We're going to speak. It's from seven till 11. And I'm going to go across the country in Jesus name. And I'm going to preach the gospel. And I don't like to say I'm a preacher because Uh, You're a preacher, but I'm going to testify and I'm going to watch miracles and I'm bringing in all these high mucka mucka preachers that are (laughs) going to help me and we're going to light up heaven because I'm telling you, I've seen it now. I've seen miracle every single day. There's miracles, big ones. There's really a big miracle uh, that just happened to me two days ago. I don't want to say it yet, but. Wait till you hear about it. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. And it's called uh, 
restoration. And God is restoring all the things I lost. You know, God is restoring everything. And I'm just now, you know, Francie's telling me about the restoration and the restoring. And my little sister Paula is a Christian her whole life. And uh, she told me yesterday when I told her what was going on, she started screaming and crying. She lives in Tennessee and she said, God is restoring the things that you lost. Oh, brah. So we're, I'm, I'm going to be on the road for Jesus. And I'm also in between that. I'm going to catch some bad guys because there's nobody can catch them like the Chapman family. And uh, <laughs> no, they're, they can't, you know. It, well, you've got an anointing uh, for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I, you, you know, you saw the shows I used to say. I used to pray and people get mad, but I'd say, Lord, where's this guy at? We yeah. can't find him. And come Thursday night, Lord, if we don't find him, you're going to look pretty bad on national television. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, the guy'd walk across the car on it, on a, which this particular one I'm thinking about, we were stopped at a red light and the guy walked across the car and I could hear the Lord go, how's that for you, buddy? <laughs> and of course we tackled him and got him, but, you're right. I, I many times God would say, turn right and the camera's rolling and I'd go yeah, turn right. Exactly. Turn left. Go up this hill. I want you to do that right now, dog. As we come to the end of this podcast, I want you to pray. I want you to pray over people who who feel like they're lost right now. I, I, I feel like I'd be derelict if I didn't ask you to pray over people. And then after you yes, pray, sir. after you pray, I want to pray. OK, ready? Yes, I am. Lord, Lord, right now we come to you in your name and we expect a miracle when we talk like this. Yes. Anybody that is down and out and doesn't realize that you're there, knows that you're there and knows the reason why they're down and out is because they haven't asked you to help. So let them drop their pride and give them a little bit of anointing as they speak to you and ask you in your son, Jesus Christ's name for whatever they need. Lord, be sure that they've only got to ask you once. And they will see that by asking you once that the miracle will begin to happen. And then they will see, Lord, that when the miracle begins to happen, it will keep happening if they keep asking. We ask you this, Father, in Jesus' name so much. We love you. Amen. Now, I add my prayers to Dog's prayer right now. I know, my friend, there's not any distance in prayer. God's right here where I am in Oklahoma. He's right there where Dwayne is in Colorado, and he's right there where you are. And so in the authority of the name of Jesus, I send his word to you for healing. Healing in your mind, healing in your body, healing in your family, healing in your marriage, in your business, in your job, in every area of your life, from your head to your feet. I send the word to you, and I believe God. And Dwayne, I set my faith over you and over Francie and over all of your children. I plead the blood of Jesus over you as you go your way to do what God has called you to do. I dispatch heavenly angels to encamp about you to keep you safe from harm, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, and terrorism. I plead his blood over you, call you healed, whole, and well, completely restored, and with, a, with, a, with an unction and the Spirit of God in your life to do what God has called you to do in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. Thank you. I felt Hallelujah. that, by the way. <laughs> I felt it too. And thank you so much. No, I thank you. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm half Apache. I feel your prayers. <laughs> well, you know, I got Choctaw and Cherokee in me. So, you know, we're kindred. Yes, we're, we're kid folk. <laughs> well, I love you, sir. Tell the family I love them. I love thank you. you for this. And to give my love to Francie and all the family, God bless you. Thank you so much for being on today. And thank you for joining me on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Join me next week for another outstanding guest. God bless you, and I expect him to do it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. And if you need prayer, go to oralroberts.com slash prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.